0: so i got a question for you guys right now when you clicked on the uh the good old friday episode from the average money podcast are you guys driving into work miserable right now it's friday morning gotta go to work deal with the boss or are you driving home from work it's about to be happy hour crack open a cold one make you and the wife a nice little cocktail it's friday guys let's party Either one, who cares? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Welcome to the Average Money Podcast, guys. This is a Friday episode where we listen to your alls voicemails, you the listeners, you get to come on live, and we give you our thoughts and opinions on whatever your question is about. If you guys are interested in leaving us a voicemail, we have a link down below in the show notes where you guys can, again, leave us a question on whatever financial question, lifestyle question that you guys have. Um, we got a good one today. Uh, and again, if you guys are new here, this is the Average Money Podcast. I am joined every week. By my good friend, Brad. How you doing, buddy?
1: I think you should open every Friday now with a question for the listeners.
0: You're making me sound too good, bud. Let's be honest.
1: If if every week there's... A, guys, I got a question for you. Because that was great. Look at you, like, going outside your comfort zone with the intro. I
0: don't mess around. I don't mess around, bud. Great voicemail
1: tonight, <laughs> bud. Great, Great voicemail and...
0: Let's be I, honest, Brad. You told me to say that. I got, it, I got it. The listeners know I ain't that damn creative. I just keep the, the one with the has the good voicemails out of both or the good intros out of both of us. Let's be real. I made it a
1: great line. You made it a great song.
0: I'll take that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we do have a good voicemail tonight.
1: I love talking retirement accounts, mostly because I'm a boomer and I'm feeling like I'm pretty close. But I mean, I am. I just I'm obsessed with delayed gratification and I'm obsessed with math and compound interest. And I'm like obsessed with hopefully living as long to see all of these. We're planting Preach. all these trees. We're planting yeah. all these trees. And I can't wait to live in this little forest. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's, 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 well, it's something like, you know, when you, when you talk to our friends and, you know, when everyone's around the bar in the backyard with the kids or whatever, like, no one's bringing up retirement. Like, no one's talking about it so it is cool to have this kind of platform and community of like-minded individuals who a lot of us are just average regular people who are trying to do above average things with money and one of those things is trying to get ahead for retirement so we can live that you know a little bit of an extra extravagant life once our good years get here
1: why do you think people don't talk about retirement accounts and stuff, I can see why people don't talk about salaries and how much do you make and how much debt do you have? Cause that's like directed like right at you personally. Like you don't want to admit you're in a ton of debt and you really are effed over and you don't really want to tell people how much money you make, but retirement accounts and like what you're doing to plan for retirement. Why is it that we have to hear from it on like a stupid commercial from an insurance company that's now trying to like, you know, oh, you got your insurance agents going to come to your wedding. That's a cute commercial. Like that's going to effing happen. I just, I always wondered that. I know why people don't talk salary. Why don't you think people don't talk it? Do you think it's the unknown? You think people? I was just are about f- to
0: say, man, fear of the unknown.
1: People are afraid to sound stupid.
0: Yep, or they just don't know what, like they don't know how to talk about it. Which that's no, there's nothing. That's not a wrong thing because. <laughs> We're not taught about it. The only reason you and I know about it is because we're, we're money nerds, you like, know, and probably more than half the people listening to this this podcast are money nerds as well, who just are probably in a time span of life where you and I were, you know, years back when we're trying to figure out.
1: If I was out by you visiting you and your friends, I wouldn't start talking about side by sides.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you don't know much about them.
1: I would sound stupid. <laughs> and uh, You guys talk side by sides? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. I got the one with four wheels on it as well.
0: Oh, exactly. Like when I come down this Friday to, again, we go to Dubco. I'm not going to be talking about how, how to brew beer with those boys. You're going to be like, oh, I,
1: I could smell the hops.
0: Yeah, I can. S- mm, this this uh this tastes kind of sour. Like I don't I don't know how to do that. Is there
1: lactobacillus in this fermentation
0: process? Can't even pronounce it. So, <laughs> oh man! But again, no, Brad Rule, We got a good voicemail today. You wanna, wanna you can it?
1: tell that we're on the way home and we're getting ready for happy hour. That's right. That's right,
0: baby. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yep. It, is, it is nighttime when we are recording this. Even though I really don't have a beer in my hand. I know. I'm saving it up for this Friday, man.
1: Every day is a Friday if you live your life, right, JJ?
0: That is very true. And every day does feel like a Friday to me. I'm very blessed to feel that way because I remember the days when it didn't feel like that. I remember, dude, I'll tell you this. I remember the days when it was Saturday and I couldn't even enjoy my Saturday because I was thinking about going into work on Monday. No lie. It was stressful, man. Very, very stressful. But when you work hard and put in the work, you can enjoy the days and have every day be a Friday. And take some risks. That's right, man. So true. True. Let's get into this voicemail.
2: How yeah, bro? Hey, Brad, JJ, uh, Dave here. Just um, got a quick question about a 457. A little backstory on me. I am a police officer so uh, and a single income. Uh, my wife stays home with the children. I have three children. So right now I do have a Roth IRA and I have a 457. I'm not contributing too much to the 457, $25 a month um, right now just to have the account open and keep contributing. I'm not able to max out my Roth IRA um, due to my expenses and stuff, but I i think I'm going to be close to being able to do that on a monthly basis, you know, that $500 a month to be able to max it out by the end of the year. So my question is, should I be contributing more to my 457 than my Roth IRA? The big kicker here is, um, I, I believe it was a few weeks ago, you were talking about 457s and you said um, if they're with an insurance company, run for the hills. Unfortunately, this is with an insurance company and there's no other option as with my employer with a 457. I do have another retirement account with them. I'm in Virginia. So this is a VRS system, which is automatically I have to contribute to, and I can't contribute more to that pension plan. So that was my question. 457, Roth IRA, which one should I be contributing more to? Thank you.
1: JJ, I'm going to take this one for the start. First off, God bless you, sir. Not only for the work you do, but the fact that you have three kids. I, uh, I've never wanted to run so fast to surgery after my second. So
0: <laughs> same here, and I want to tell Dave too. Uh, thanks for a service. Really do appreciate I'll it. Oh yeah, but
1: I'm not trying to do the job you do, man. Thank you for protecting me and keep me safe. As far as the 457, I think I can pretty much get my opinion very quick. This is pretty cut and dry for me. And if you follow my channel or if you've been listening for a bit, I think you kind of know what I'm going to say. I love the Roth IRA. It's my number one. It's the it's a thing that I believe in most. I like the control of it. I like the liquidity of it, meaning you can take your contributions if you need to. I like the pass down when you expire. I like how it treats your beneficiaries. I like the fact that it's a manageable amount of money at $6,000 right now where you know, if you don't max it that's not a big deal, but it's very attainable with a couple years of going up a little at a time and even though it it doesn't seem like it's the most amount of money. As someone that's been maxing theirs out for a couple of years now, you really start to see that money grow and grow quickly. And then the other most beautiful thing about the Roth IRA is back to that control. You get to pick exactly who you want it with. You get to choose pretty much any investment under the sun to put into it. And if you decide later, you don't like that particular choice you made, you can, you can have Roth IRAs with many different brokerages. As far as the 457, I like that you're at least putting a little bit in, like a little bit's better than nothing. There's something to be said for tax deferment. Like I said, it's not hurting you. Like You're putting it into the 457 and you're getting that money back in taxes and that money you're saving in taxes is part of the money you're putting into your Roth IRA. So whether you're deferring the money you save in taxes into your Roth IRA or you're just taking that small amount of money that you're putting into 457 and put that into the Roth IRA, that's that's one half dozen or the other. If you were asking me which one you should you start increasing more of first, 100%, it's going to be the Roth IRA. The 457 also too comes with, like you said, the fees and things like that. So it might not be worth it for you strategically. Like you can come out, and usually I wouldn't say this to most people, you can kind of skip over the 457 and go right into your taxable brokerage accounts and things like that because you do have that pension plan to fall back on. So you have almost that pension plan that's working side by side with the 457. So if the pension plan is going to be there, and it's probably going to be small potatoes, like we kind of, we don't really factor that in. We kind of think of it as more of like the cherry on top. When you get it, like when your pension starts to come to you, I want you to be like, oh man, look at this, this is dope. Look at this extra, I forgot I had a pension. That's kind of what I want. And that starts, the, that starts with the Roth IRA. And if you get to the Roth IRA and you're maxing it out, then yeah, the probably the next thing I would do if I was getting somewhat good fees and somewhat good administrative fees and things like that, yeah, I'd throw some money in there, even just to ter- defer your taxes. You're a single income household, so you're probably not getting kicked in the face that bad with taxes. Who knows what will happen in the in the future. But yeah, I think you get what I'm saying, man. The Roth is going to be first in my opinion if you're going to start to reallocate other places. Depending on your fees, it's it's tough to know. That situation, if you're in any of our discords, you can always hop in there and kind of like feel out people and see what they're getting. I t- try and tell people at like 0.6%, you should start to really look at other options or d- dive deep and see if it's really worth your time. And yeah, that pension's going to be great for you. And it's going to be a great cherry on top after you've done all the things right that you're starting to do, even at this age. And with kids and stuff that Roth IRA, if something were to happen to you, and it, that's going to get passed down to them and it's going to be good stuff passed to your spouse and everybody else. JJ, I know you also – you don't know much about the 457, obviously, because you're never in the position to get one. But you know enough from hearing me talk about it all the time. Yeah. But uh, I think you feel the same when it comes priority-wise with the Roth IRA.
0: Yeah. So, well, I got a question for you, though. And you kind of answered it already. But so with it being – and again, this is a question coming from a guy who doesn't really under, like, fully understand 457s. With it being with an insurance company, like you said, should he even be putting the... Which again, this isn't financial advice, but this is me b- being curious. If it was you, would you even put the 25 bucks in there? Again, we don't know the fees associated with yeah, it and all, everything. I mean...
1: Gut instinct, I want to say no. But okay. then again, I would be lying yeah. and ignorant if i said that there's no such thing Mm -hmm. as an insurance company that has their ish together I'm, i'm speaking in general terms when i advise people like hey if you have the option of insurance company versus financial institution i think one definitely holds more water but i'm speaking in general when you've heard me say that like yeah insurance companies they tend not to have your best interest at heart but i'm I'm not going to like debate and say if someone was like, no, I have this with that and they're primarily an insurance company, I would never call them a liar.
0: Got it. Okay, good. Good point. Uh, I want to add something here. I wasn't really gonna, going to talk much on this voicemail because this was more of a, I think a, a, a Brad show for, t- for today's to be honest, but we've been talking a lot about retirement lately and there's something we haven't really said much about retirement, man, to be honest. We bring it up in like our five, our five podcast, but we don't really talk about it much when, when the 401ks and Roth IRAs and brokerage accounts and all this stuff get brought up. But a lot of people should be thinking about real estate, man. A lot of people should be thinking about real estate. And I know people are saying like, well, I don't want to deal with tenants or I don't want it to deal with the time or the hassle or whatever. But that is such a good extra source of income for retirement. And you can set it up to where you don't have to have it as a concern. Hire a property manager, figure that in your numbers. And maybe that's actually a good episode. We need to have an episode talking about like our real estate stuff and all that. But what do you think about that, Brad? You kind of have like a puzzled look on your face there.
1: I want to play devil's advocate a little bit and say that I know why it's not talked about as much. It's. To someone that doesn't necessarily have like the drive to educate themselves on it, or the time, or whatnot, I'm speaking a little bit from experience. Okay, it's so so intimidating. Like I spent months and months on the Bigger Pockets forum, and I read all of their books, and at the end, I knew a bunch of stuff. But that whole like moment of inertia to get me moving, mm-hmm. I feel like it's super, super intimidating. And I also am an anxious person and I'm not good at like yeah. going out and, and going to those meetings and things like that and, and, and getting your name out there. I'm not like I'm not that type of person. And I'm not saying like everybody's like an introvert kind of, but... I can see why more people don't talk about as a primary. I'm glad that we do because I want Mm -hmm. people to know that you should be thinking about it, but I kind of know why it's, it's brushed under the rug. And then also too, I will say that in my experience living in the big cities that I've lived in where a lot of things are corporate and a lot of things are astronomically priced that it doesn't ever come up because you see the numbers for sales and like, the the numbers just don't. It's kind of like trying to comprehend the speed of light. Like the you can look at the math, but the the numbers you it's hard to yeah. comprehend. Where I think if you live in a more rural or if you live in a, a lower you know cost of living state where you, where prices of houses and duplexes and stuff seem attainable, I think I don't know. I just think it it appeals more to someone that where you're from than I think somewhere where I'm from
0: because of home prices
1: because of home prices and just like more corporate businesses, there's more, there's more primary, there's more commercial real estate where I live than, than residential. Well, if you go to
0: okay. St. Louis or Kansas city, I mean, there's no difference in, you know, that's all commercial property and everything, but yeah. that's also not New York city. I get that, but yeah, like, yeah. no, I mean, here's like my, our thing.
1: suburbs, our suburbs have a radius of hundreds of miles. Yeah. You know, we're 40, you're 40 miles South, uh, right. You're about 40 miles South of St. Louis gets gets pretty rural down
0: there <laughs> yeah it does man you've been here um no i mean that's solid y'all point.
1: trespassing
0: <laughs> they're here, everywhere <laughs> um that's a good point but yeah. i i would say this first playing devil's advocate on this side is one i totally understand the hesitance the nervousness of you know the fear of the unknown, you know, not knowing what to expect of buying your first deal and that was me. And it was I tend to be more of the like I'm very conservative in my numbers. I think that's why I feel so good when I do take a risk like this is because I'm prepared for the worst. That's kind of the engineer in me. You're always prepared for the worst when you design something. So I I go into things like that knowing that no matter what happens I'm going to be okay. And but with that being said, I also want to say that once I've gotten my first deal dude, it's really like, it's over hyped. Like what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's overly thought about. It's overly, you know, like it's really not as bad. And I've been like threatened of being sued already with my first deal by contractors. Like there's things that have happened and really like you just roll with the punches. Like I'm sure everyone out there has a, has a job they got to do, right? You got a job you go into, you, you make, and everyone runs into troubles in their day job something stressful happens at the at work, at the office, you got to deal with it. You got to solve the problem. That's the same thing with real estate. You know, now, and it really doesn't happen as, as often as everyone says, you know, if you have a property manager, you don't have to worry about the tenant calling you at three in the morning, but yeah, I have buddies who own a lot of real estate and they hardly ever get phone calls at two or three in the morning. Even like we've had some people on here talk about how they turn off their phones, you know, at nighttime and they just have to deal with it. You know, the uh, they wait till the next morning and their tenants have to figure out a way to deal with it until they're, on office hours so i mean i don't i don't want to go into too much we just hijacked i know we we did we did but we do need to forget about your raw diary we're talking real estate tonight baby yeah yeah, no doubt man no doubt but it's just something i wanted to bring up to let that let let it be known to people that that is something else to think about i'm not saying everyone needs to go invest in real estate it's not for everyone
1: you're planting seed
0: yeah it's just something that you know if you've maybe thought about it, or you never even thought about it in your, before, and you're like, "Oh, maybe I need to look into it a little bit," do it. Yeah,
1: so you're kind of saying like, even after that Roth is, maybe instead of going back to that 457, maybe start to save some liquid cash. You might, yeah, you might have some time to save up some cash, and you know, maybe buy buy yourself a little real estate property, a little investment property somewhere else.
0: Yep. And then if you paid off in fifteen years, thirty years, you know, come retirement time, that's maybe a nice little six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars in your pocket every single month that, you know, could be a nice little added bonus on top of the Roth IRA and whatever else you got in your accounts by then. Good stuff, JJ. Yeah, guys. Hey, uh real quick, if you guys have a voicemail or, you know, want to have your voice be heard here on the average Money podcast, click that link down below in the show notes. Brad and I love these these episodes. We love hearing the listener's voice and seeing what kind of questions you guys have for us. I want to say this again, guys, if you are in the gym, you know, if you're driving the car if you're on the treadmill, whatever, nice walk on a nice Friday evening, or maybe you're listening on a Tuesday, who knows? Uh, Brad and I really do appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to, to listen to the podcast. really do appreciate it. If you guys could do one favor for us, it would be to leave us a review on the Apple podcast. That really does help out the podcast. It helps us grow a little bit, helps us get our names out there a little more when we do get nice reviews left for us. Even if you just want to go click the stars, you don't even need to say anything. That really does help. But guys, again, thank you all so much for listening in today's episode. And until the next one, you guys take care.